and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we're talking about Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed, and it's just me and Sheree today. Why is that, Sheree? Because it's the last show of the season. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. That is so crazy, but don't worry, everyone. We do have some crazy summer shenanigans planned, some of which we've already announced, some of which we're keeping under wraps. You never know what we'll throw at you. Interviews, special movies, live things. Hopefully my Wi-Fi gets better by then. (laughs) Uh (laughs) From your iPhone (laughs) to the good Lord Beyonce's ears. (laughs) I also have a birthday, and we're going to like hang out with Sigourney Weaver in space. The way space was meant to be hanged out in. Yeah. (laughs) Hung out in? Can't wait for that one. (laughs) Hung out in. Really hugged out in space. Hung out Uh, in space. (laughs) (laughs) As you said, my birthday. I'm a Gemini. You're all welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All all right. Let's get down into some of our general thoughts on Ginger Snaps 2. The movie no one asked for. (laughs) (laughs) Unleashed indeed. <laughs> um, I didn't know baby Tatiana Maslany, if, if I'm saying her name right, um, from Orphan Black, would be here. That goddess was a baby. She was like, what, maybe 13 tops? Right. And and to no one's surprise, she is the best part of this, mo- of this film. Hands down. The movie her character was in, I would have watched. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it- yeah, I have I have one issue which I'll get to later about her character that has nothing to do with her as an actress, just script wise, something they chose to do. But we'll get there. Yes, um, I feel like this sequel could have been an email. Uh, it was it was a lot of things we didn't need for the few questions we wanted answered. And I was just like, if you wanted to answer those questions and you didn't have a full movie, you could have just like left us and asking those. That's fine. I mean, it could have been a tweet. Let's be real. Could have been a TikTok. <laughs> You know, let's, this is, you know. Yeah, yeah, this was, this was not necessary. Also, Mimi Rogers wasn't here, so you know it's unnecessary. Right. If she ain't signed on, I ain't signed on. Had I known, we would have just stopped the season after the first Ginger Snaps. But I didn't <laughs> want to, like, ruin anything for myself, and so here we are. Choices were made, and here we are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we get into just our specific, let's go ahead and dig on into your, our Ginger Snaps thoughts and opinions. Yes, let's, let's get into these beautiful gowns and beautiful dresses. Choices. So my first note ties in with like your first two, which is that they're really blurring mm. the lines between self-harm and addiction. And I'm not sure it serves the story well, the story. Yeah, it, it opening up, when you're watching her shave, which, okay, that's kind of, I get it, werewolf, hair, shave, okay, but then when it switches from, which, but it's still a very intimate act to be watching someone do, I feel like, it feels very intrusive, and then to switch from that to watching her cut herself, just brought back all those feelings I had watching that first scene from the first film, when they're talking about suicide and self-harm, like, it's just nothing, and everything's great, And I was like, oh, God, okay, here we go. Yeah. And then then they added all the, like, is this 
Wolf's Bane a drug and is she a drug addict now? With, like they even kind of made her look like a drug addict. She's living in a hotel room and like I had I rehab and I just I don't know. That was it a motel. Icky. That was a motel. That was no hotel. <laughs> True. <I get> <laughs> you giving that credit? Oh, <laughs> do, do <better. laughs> That was a no, and it was a tail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they had her it look was, like jonesing for this flower that she's been injecting. And my other question is if this concoction doesn't work, then what happened to the kid that um, Ginger gave the werewolf STD to in the last movie? Is he out there? <laughs> is he who's supposed to be hunting her, but we don't say? I, we have more questions, but I, I know not to ask them, even though that's another movie. I don't want to. I don't want to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it just it felt unnecessary. Like, and then all the the treatment around like the the addiction and like when the nurse came in and said, "Well, I guess you're not afraid of needles." Like, I, that, mm, it just felt it made me feel icky, and that takes a lot. These centers, or like, I, I guess this is a center or a facility. I'm worried out by them in these horror movies because they make them so awful that it does not help that whole stigma around getting help when you have mental illness or want to talk to yes. someone. Um, this yes. is another dark, dirty place with people who are bad at their jobs. And so, I would like to maybe one day see a facility that is actually operational and functional, and they just are not equipped to deal with whatever is at their doorstep. As opposed to mm-hmm. it's awful and nobody wants to hear you, which I mean, don't get me wrong, that is a definite narrative as a black woman who has had to seek mental and medical treatment. It's it's there, but also I just feel like if we could have like a, a couple of good places somewhere in the horror genre where it was like they tried, they worked at it. Yeah, or at least like a character that was working in that facility that genuinely cared about them. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest we get, which I have another note about her later, but is Alice. But even she is kind of morally gray, you know? Like there was no one really there to help them. Yeah, she refused to listen. And again, you can't be a help to anybody in, who's having a moment if you're not listening. But she was just like, you're like every other statistic. And that's not how you open up with anybody. You have to take everybody at face value and hear their story. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Werewolves is a little bit much. But also, like, clearly the person believes this. So you can't just be like, no, no, you're a junkie. You deal with it. I was too. What is this? Dangerous Minds? Right. Well, yeah, she should have learned the same lesson that Halle Berry learned in Gothica, and it was to listen. Listen. Linda, listen. (laughs) Linda. Um, (laughs) So, like, this one clearly does not follow Ginger. It follows B. But they have Ginger appearing to her sister randomly just to give exposition and to remind her. And I was just like, this feels real weird, especially because it wasn't consistent. So it's a lot at the top of the movie and then a lot at the end of the movie. And I'm like, we could have just left her out of it. Yeah, it, it felt it didn't serve this film well because it felt like it was grasping for the original film. It felt like, oh, the audience won't, won't just go with us to this next journey with Bridget. That we have to we have to remind them. Oh, she had a sister that she you know, and it. Yeah. There are which, better ways that they could have done that. Which I have issues with that because again, the first one, one of the things that worked was the sisterhood, even though 
It was not as smooth as it should have been, as we said in a previous episode, <laughs> but it was also <laughs> very much Bridget's story. So I was fine for Bridget to carry the story and the fallout of what happened after Ginger was bitten. And so I didn't need them to insert her other than the fact that we just like this actor, but she was underutilized. So I was like, I'd rather her have the time to go make another movie and us focus on Bridget and filling in plot holes here. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I just have a question for everyone. Is re is is masturbation really a part of rehab? Because that scene was very strange. That dream sequence was a ride. I was like, I feel like Bridget might also be reciprocating for this werewolf a little bit. Cause like maybe she's a little lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta get it done when you get it done, but like in right. the middle of group therapy, you might need to wait till you get back to your room. Right. But I guess also because she's putting off the inevitable, which is morphing into this like giant dog-like creature. And we know dogs are not modest. <laughs> They're like, this is what we're doing. You can watch while you eat dinner. And it's like, I don't want to. Could you not? And they're like, I'm a dog. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know more about the male werewolf because it's just like, he's after you. He's chasing you. And we mm. never specifically said if it was or was not Jason, even though that makes sense because this formula clearly doesn't work. It just puts off the inevitable. It doesn't cure things as <laughs> we, we found out with Bridget's journey. So I imagine Jason's a werewolf somewhere eating little kids in dog costumes or chasing after her. And I just want to know. I just want to know because it's not a specific yes or no. Right. And Brit and Ginger, when she's when one of Bridget's visions, so I'm assuming Bridget knows as well, they know who this werewolf is, or it's or it's hinted at in the script that they do, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like it really is Jason, but they just didn't give us that, hey, Jason's after you. But we clearly know the monkshood is not working because we wouldn't be in the sequel if it was. Right. But you know, that would have been a call out to the first movie that I think I would have enjoyed. I think that's that's kind of, the, if you're looking at continuity and continuing a story, adding things from the first film that were unfinished, like Jason, is much more interesting than adding something that was completed in the first film. You have the same issue in Scream 3 when they tried to bring Randy back in that video. No, Randy's gone. Let Randy yeah. be gone. Yeah, because like if it's not Jason, then it might be the drug dealer who was into Bridget who maybe lived, but was so badly mauled that he could only become a werewolf because the pieces that were left were definitely <laughs> contaminated. Um, <laughs> either way, either way, that would have made sense. Um, I, I'm leaning more towards Jason because he was in One Piece last time we saw him. <laughs> and right. I, I also want to know how he started tracking her because She's killed a werewolf before. So would she not just stand her mm-hmm. ground in her home and be like, come for me? Right. And, oh, did, did you notice that the guy that was the first kill was also from Freddy versus Jason? Yeah. When he showed up <laughs> in her hotel, her motel room, I was like, this is not the service I'm used to from a library. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Canada service. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't last very long, though, so I wouldn't get to enjoy that very much. <laughs> Three scenes and done. Three scenes and done. Boom. But he got his money, though. Get your money, honey. So we both have a note about this. And so I want to have, let's have this conversation about Tyler. Oh. Gross, right? From the get, just gross. I mean, yeah. But 
I wish, and I was all for Bridget putting them out in the wild, letting them die, there for it. You know, good for her. I didn't like when they went back and then suddenly Ghost is now lied about him do being inappropriate with her because she didn't want him to take Bridget away from her, or at least it, even hinting at that felt like... Yeah. This is another trap that screenwriters fall into and where you have this gross character who's like blackmailing these like young women in this facility for sexual favors to give them their things they're addicted to. And so he's gross. He's a villain. But yet they call him in at the last minute and you're like, good, they're going to kill his ass. And then they like, they give you that creepy moment where he puts his hand on Ghost's shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't like he's touching her because we know what he does in the facility with other girls who are not that much older than her. And so uh, when she was like, he's doing this, it felt very weird. And I was like, I don't think he's doing this to you, but he's an awful person, so let's kill him. And so the fact that Bridget was like, you had me kill someone acting as if he's innocent when she knows full well he's not. And again, that goes back to filmmakers, specifically male filmmakers, that understanding that once you let gross perv out of a bag, you can't redeem him. And so they were like, he at least he didn't touch people this age. And it's like, no, but he he's an asshole. Like we see him go through these acts. We see him mistreat the girls in this like facility. We see him demanding favors and talking to them and making them smile. He's trash and no one's going, oh no, we killed him. We're all going, I wish you killed him sooner. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I wish they would have, because like, A, when he first came into the room and was trying to like blackmail her into giving her the, the wolf spain so that he could like get her naked. Yeah. Already to from the beginning, I was like, okay, you're gross. If I were her, I would have already seen you as gross. So why is she continuing to not I guess forgive is not the right word, but like go back to him? Like he has her drug because that's what we're calling this monk's head, even though it's not a drug. And I think that she's desperate to have it, which is another issue I have. Because again, media gives you these men who have the thing this woman want, the woman wants, whether it's rent money, whether it's medicine for her child. We've seen this throughout media. We still see it today. We see it on the boys. And then they try to make that character mm-hmm. funny again. And you're like, no, he's a perv. We see it on good girls. And then I'm like, no, he tried to assault her. He can't be funny. And we see it time and time again. And it's just like, once that line is crossed, you have a character that you will never be able to use in any other way. That's who he is. Unless, of course, you're one of those people who's fine with assault, which says a lot more about your audience and who you're signaling to. So yeah. <laughs> putting her in that position with that power dynamic and having her keep begging him to give her her thing so she would not turn into a werewolf. And then having him come in at the end and almost try and be a hero and then have her feel guilty for killing him, even though she knows he's a monster. And I'm just like, B, like, <laughs> you took the trash out. It's fine. It's right. fine. I mean, no, yeah, she could have, but it's fine. Right. She could have just, she could have just killed him because he was keeping her away from what she needed to, to keep Ghost and everyone else safe. But yet they need the the screenwriters, which I'm sorry, I don't know who I don't know who did this film or not, but they felt the need to include this other storyline that then they go back on and say, oh, she was just lying, which just propels all these like men who don't believe women to, you know, they're lying about me, they're lying about me when that's not the case. You know what I mean? 
My other thing with that moment is that it was again rushed because I didn't believe ghosts, which I hate not believing someone, but the way it was handled and like the way it was like sped up. And I was like, this is, she's lying, but he's going to die. And I'm fine with that. I need us to stop being so cavalier with assault and pedophilia, um, specifically this and Silent House. Because like when you rush through that because you want to be edgy or you want to add a layer or make it spicy, um, what you're actually doing is signaling that you are not doing the research and you are not giving this the way it deserves when you throw it into your movie just to like add pages. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just... So many things, so many choices were made that I just don't. There were there were better choices to have been made that would have gotten Tyler the same outcome, and I would have loved it. Yeah, like when she calls him to them instead of just going into like some random flower store and stealing monk's hood because her mother found it once. So I assume that like it's rampant in Canada for whatever reason. <laughs> um, I don't know why he's the only person that can get it. Like we've done so much shit. We can't sell a couple flowers and make a couple more batches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But (sighs) while we're here, I, I knew we couldn't trust ghosts from the second she was introduced, which is why I knew she was lying about that because they don't even try to set it up as if she's not a villain. Like even her backstory, I was like, she definitely set her grandma on fire and (laughs) then she was being spooky and you, you saw the grandma trying to like call for help and like blinking furiously. And I'm just like, so we, they need us to know she's a villain and she's probably a, a bigger villain than the werewolf that we're running from. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for yeah. not giving us any subtlety. <laughs> right. And well, no, for sure. And like, but but even with her character, I think it I think it speaks to Tatiana's talent is I was still interested in watching her. Like I was still like, yes. I wonder what she's gonna do next. I love a good film villain. <laughs> but right. I was like, I yeah. wish I didn't know she was a villain. I wish that I had was able to discover that later in the movie, as opposed right. to what she gonna do. I don't trust her. Don't trust her, Bridget. <laughs> like, I yeah, like I said earlier, the only the only choice I made with her that I absolutely don't agree with is just her lying about being raped, and that just because I am against that in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and again, it was not necessary. She could have lied about so many things because he's such an asshole. And so for them to go from zero to that, I was like, really? And I get it because Ghost knew what he was doing. So it was definitely convenient because everybody knows what he's doing, but nobody acts because that's society. And so I get that. But also there were just so many things. She's a creative little girl. She could have come up with so many different lies. Yes, agreed. Um, I do feel like uh, one of the positives of this film, I feel like this is Emily Perkins' Her performance in this film, to me, is better than her performance in the first film. She just felt more well-rounded and like she was able to explore B more than she was in the first film. Because in the first film, it felt like almost playing a caricature because it was kind of in the camp world, but not really. In this one, she felt more rounded and more well-rounded as a character. And so... I thought Emily Perkins, her performance was much better in this one. I think it also helps that the first one was definitely her movie, but they treated it like it was the both of them, even though she's clearly the lead. And so in this one, she was like, you're definitely the lead. You're not trying to share this with anybody because they're going to throw Ginger at her and some like weird visions. And they're going to try and give her and Ghost that sister bond, which isn't really there. But like she's driving this one by herself in every scene as opposed to sometimes I have to share it until we know better and then it's mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. I one of the things that uh, concerned me was them running around the basement of the facility because I felt very reminiscent of them doing that in the first one, and I want no more never-ending basements. I need people <laughs> to have maps whenever they do a junior movie. Forever. Yes. Yeah. And like, why is this? Why is there so many tunnels and hallways and like unfinished areas in this? asylum or yeah. rehab i guess or an asylum it's like a re- it's a rehab but like and i get that it used to be a tuberculosis ward so it's like a crematorium which is creepy as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, a lot of the things about this facility don't make any damn sense because let's just rewind for ghosts for a second they would not let a little girl just run around a facility without a guardian she would be in foster care or a home for children and then being like, if she doesn't want to leave her guardian and the state gives us a little bit of funding, that's not, the girl needs school. The girl needs <laughs> um, someone to make sure she goes to sleep and to make sure she's doing her homework. And you're not going to get that here. And so like, this is, I don't know what Canada is doing in forms of childcare, but I would imagine it's better than this. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, she's able to crawl around the, the, uh, what are they called? The, the pipes or what? Not the pipes, yeah, but the, the vents. you know what I'm talking about? The vents. And I'm like, when you said pipes, I was like, it's me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's Tatiana Maslany like popping up. Hey, here I am. Uh, she would do an amazing Mario. She's played 90 characters in Urban Black for five years. And so her Mario would be an award-winning Mario. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's climbing around all up in the vents and like spying on people and like finding ways out of this rehab also how long she been here god she knows this place backwards and forwards yeah and also who's taking care of her home because like her and the guardian have been here and we've established that she has no one else and they're just letting her run on facility but like the home isn't like covered in dust and like <laughs> rotten food it's like someone's been living there yeah the only thing is when they when they get there she has to go to the basement and like turn on the appliances or whatever like all the yeah, yeah, it was weird. Also, it's winter, so I feel like not having heat on in that house, there'd be some shattered windows, um, <laughs> there'd be maybe a couple of leaks, there'd be something. And so, like, I know it's a werewolf movie, but I can only suspend disbelief for so much. Truly. <laughs> and how safe do you feel in a house where, like, your floor is so weak that a 12-year-old girl can, like, hammer all the way through it within, like, 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> that attic was not constructed <laughs> for COVID. Um, <laughs> you're just putting plastic down, being like, don't walk there. Stay on the beams. I don't right. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've, I spoke about her a little bit earlier, but like Alice was kind of an interesting character that I could never get a real like morality read on. I mean, like, like we said, she wasn't listening already a bad psychiatrist or therapist or whatever her title is but all but she like did kind of seem to care somewhat but then like because she ran out when tyler called her about bridget having another uh, overdose and like was genuinely trying to connect with with bridget through when bridget said you're such how great it is to be a role model and she was like i have tattoos and i smoke so i'm not a role model (laughs) 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 Um, and so, like, but then, like, you find out that she's keeping Ghost there to make money off of her instead of, like, get, putting her where she would be better served. But then in the end, she kind of comes back and tries to save Ghost. 
but then ghost kills her and pushes her in with the werewolf i don't like, i think ghost is lying about the money i think ghost is lying about the money i do because mm. ghost lied about everything and so again because no no government is going to just let a little girl run around a facility without a guardian making sure they go to school and the homework and all that other stuff that we mentioned. Like, it's just not practical. She would be in foster care if they couldn't find a family member. Like, that's just all there is to it. Or a home if they don't have foster care homes lined up at the moment. But she would not just be allowed to run around with all these adults with um, who are overcoming addiction <laughs> and are seeking medical help. Because again, that was also a flimsy thing of Oh yeah, it's a facility, but we also do rehab because the state gives us money for that, but not for y'all. That also felt weird. It's like, you can't, this is not a good Band-Aid. This is like one of those Band-Aids you keep trying to reuse and you just get a new one. Like there's 40 in that box. <laughs> um, right. My last note is I just want to call bullshit on locking a werewolf in a basement and having it not get out. Uh, I call so much bullshit, even though it's a very nice button and a very good, end of an arc for our ghost who is definitely the big bad of the movie but like you can't you can't show us all this like werewolf carnage for two movies and then be like oh this cute little lock is going to keep her down there right <laughs> yeah i know that did not make any sense I have um yeah like yeah they could have just busted through that wood She's already hammered through that wood. The little girl ghost did in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it does not make sense. And I get that, like, also, are there times where Bridget is a person? Or is it once you go full werewolf, you're full werewolf forever? That's also not explained? Because this wolf has been tracking her for who knows how long. It seems to always be a wolf. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I had that same question last on, during the first movie. Like, yeah. is this a permanent change? Or is this like... Every, every time she gets her period or <laughs> yeah it, it just it's still murky and we should have an answer to that in this movie that was supposed to answer some questions but made more and one thing that the first movie had that this movie did not have and i think hurt this movie even though as i said in the last episode it didn't handle everything perfectly as it did you know we we discussed that but like in this movie, there was no ties to femininity. There was no ties to anything like that, of a coming of age, of a blossoming of anything. It was just like the curse. And we forgot about the curse being tied to period. And then like, I, it, yeah. <laughs> I think they tried to hang it all on sisterhood, but didn't like follow through with it enough. Because again, her and Ghost had those couple of moments where it's like sisterhood. I had a sister. You're like my sister. But it wasn't like an actual, let's connect these dots. It was like, we threw this line away so you would know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> I I do appreciate that this one was darker. And like you were saying, more grounded. Because like, it was, the first one back in the day was fun and campy. But like, it does not hold up because it's, it's sort of in purgatory between being a serious movie and being camp and leaning in and out of it while also making some mistakes, which we again talked about in the last episode. So I'm not going to reopen here. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to open old ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, yeah. Questions. Ask anonymous questions. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall we get to some hot takes? Yes. 
<laughs> I forgot what my hot take was. I've been saying it the whole damn episode. Well, let me <laughs> spell it out again. <laughs> I feel this was fine, but it lost something without the sisters bond because again, that's what we were here for in the first one. And they tried to do something with Bridget and Ghost, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. They did not have time to make that relationship work. They did not have time to like make that an important part of the story. And so it felt like this little girl's my way out and we're gonna run for it. And it, as opposed to, I feel close to you. I look up to you <laughs> or right. whatever else. Yeah. Well, in the first one, you had Bridget and uh, Ginger from just like from the first scene to the last scene, it was about them. And this one, it's about Bridget, but then you kind of add Ghost into it about to a third of the way through. So, yeah, they couldn't have grown together as much as they did the first one. Um, my hot take, uh, let me see if I can put this word this well. Um, I, I don't, I think this franchise was really interested in pushing boundaries and making people go, oh, they did that. Oh, they did that. Or, oh, the, the, the drug dealers are the heroes, which a lot of early 2000s horror did. I'm thinking of, like, the faculty and Scream to an extent in the sequels. But, like, this one took it there and then just, like, went to a whole new level that I'm not sure I'm down with. They didn't seem to care about what any young person watching these films would be taking away from it. You know, they're just like, watch this girl cut herself multiple times and not, you know... Hopefully you're not traumatized by that. <laughs> so, and it, it, so I, I just don't think this franchise is for me. <laughs> this one felt like those after school commercials in Missouri with meth, but it was a catchy meth jingle. And so you were running around humming the meth jingle as a kid because it would come on in, on Batman commercials and you're like, I don't eat, I don't sleep, but I got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, meth. Mm, and I was like, <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, there were better ways to talk to us about drugs and give us a catchy song. Right. <laughs> so like, that's not what you want to do, especially if you feel the need to make a meth commercial for the children of Missouri because it's that bad. Because like, I talked to my <laughs> friends, nobody else knows this jingle. I had to put it up on YouTube so much because they're just like, what do you mean there was a meth jingle? And I was like, this. And then they're like, oh, Missouri. <laughs> that's hysterical because I didn't know that either pull it up after this yeah it's a catchy song <laughs> I remember it to this day because commercials during the cartoons for the children is when you put a catchy meth jingle <laughs> yeah or like the kids that you know or they're not kids but like or late teens that wear like the dare shirts that you know <sighs> after school or like smoking pot and doing nothing yeah. not like there's anything wrong with smoking pot whatever but like doing all the drugs after school and I'm like yeah yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was very much akin to an after school special that did the opposite of what it wanted to because it was right. like this is some of the stuff kids are facing throw it in their faces and it's like maybe not maybe some of the kids don't need to go in their faces maybe they need like a good counselor and someone to listen to them right. as opposed to oh, like, a look better, at this <laughs> right a better way to do that which I think is what I still think is funny it's been a while since I've watched it again so I need to watch it just to make sure it still stands up to like modern ideas but it's a later nightmare on elm street series film where freddie like mocks one of those after school special co- <laughs> this is your this is your brain on drugs and it's like sizzling the egg and <laughs> he picks up the frying pan like knocks somebody in the head with it like that's funny and like i 
I get that. And like, so this was not it. And I was just like, dude, you got to be aware of what you're putting out into the world. And not that there's not a place. Like I just said, I love that scene from Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, whichever one it was. But they understood what they were doing and there was intention behind it to make it funny and slapsticky. I don't remember that scene as much as I want to, but I feel like there's, it's like laughing with someone as opposed to laughing at them. And in that one, they were mocking those commercials because they're not effective. We all were yeah. dear kids. We all have dear t-shirts. <laughs> we all also smoked a lot of pot at some point in our lives. And we look at us now, drinking every night. <laughs> right? We dared to smoke because they challenged us and we said challenge accepted. And so I feel like that was them being like, this is not effective. So we're going to make it funny. Whereas this is like, maybe shock. This is like scared straight. Like remember when they would take kids to prison and be like, oh, you think you're bad? Well, let me threaten you as an inmate. That's what this felt like. And I was like, I don't want to be threatened. And also I'm a Gemini. So if you try and like, tell me what not to do, I have to do it. And so like, I'm happy I didn't see this when I was younger than I was. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, So yeah, I just don't think this franchise is for me. So who knows if we'll get to Ginger Snaps back. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. It'll be a shocker. I mean, it'll be the first franchise we finished. No, we finished Scream. Well, technically, right now we have finished Scream. There's one coming out, so is she unfinished? As of right now. As of right now. Plus, she got a whole show out there that's not related, but related. So she's- That's true. That's true. This third one's on Tubi. So maybe check our Patreon, which will be up by the time this drops, to see if she's up there. If you're a Patreon (laughs) subscriber. Maybe you want to see how we feel about the third one. Maybe the third one snaps back so hard, it makes us happy. Maybe so. We'll see. I doubt it. She snaps back, and then we won't clap back. And it'll be great. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, that was Ginger Snaps to Unleashed. Do you feel unleashed, Shrey? Are you oh, unleashed? I'm feeling, I'm feeling so unleashed. <laughs> Uncaged, the freedom. Right? My best life. Just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so next up, we've got Sheree kind of alluded to this earlier, but we have Sheree's birthday weekend, which will be June 12th and the 13th. We'll be doing the Alien franchise. So we're super excited about that. Keep an eye on the socials. We'll be going live on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and YouTube um, and all that. So that'll be really exciting. We're only doing the first six. So don't run out and buy those Predator crossovers and then get mad at us. Because we found out there was more (laughs) than I thought. And so we got to catch up on some Predators so we can get to the Alien Predator crossovers. Y'all, there's only there's only so many hours in a day that I can watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that is a wrap on our second official season. But like we said, I don't know why he's screaming. I don't know what that is about. What is that? I'm all like, ah! I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, this was our second official season and we'll be back late, late summer. And we got a bunch of fun stuff lined up. You'll probably know about some of it before this episode drops, but we're going to be starting some reviews. So check out those because we'll tell you about movies that we're not actually dissecting, but we're reviewing and that'll be fun and they'll be new. So you can be like, oh, I heard what she said about it. I don't like it. 
and I'm gonna go see it anyways. And then you'll be like, oh, she was right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and we also have a couple interviews that we're about to record and have on standby. And we have that lovely Patreon, which we'll be putting bonus content on. And you know we're good for bonus content because we put out over 60 episodes in less than a year. It has Ooh, been nine and, months. And there is a certain special day that'll be happening over the summer break. So you might want to be looking at that. It's got to, it has, it'll be happening on a Friday. <laughs> it is rhythm, but people know what it is. What? Right, you'll get it. Yeah. If you don't get it, I can't help you. So yeah, just like mark your calendars for a very special Friday later in the summer. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and joining us for the second season. Thank you to all of our special guests this season. We've had so many, I can't even count on two hands how many guests we've had this season. And it's been incredible. We love you all. This is only our third episode all season where it was just the two of us. That's how many people we've had on. And and sometimes more than one person. Yeah, right. So it's been incredible. Second, two seasons in less than a year. Who knows what the next, what the rest of this year is going to bring for us. It's going to be nuts. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening and make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.